Would you turn with me to John the 13th chapter? John chapter 13. We welcome you to Faith Life Church if this is your first time today. And uh, if this is your hundredth time, we welcome you. (laughs) Part of the family now. I was talking to someone the other day. They said, it's hard for me to believe I've been going there a year already. And uh, we have been over a year. And it seems just right and normal, doesn't it? Amen. What a blessing it is for the Lord to give you a a church family. And he's given us a church family here. And I believe we'll just get stronger and stronger. And I have a number of things on my heart for outreach. I believe that a a church ought not be confined to its four walls. That we ought to. And of course, you know, we've already been into some things. we, We support ministries that are doing things in different parts of the country and the world, and also these meetings, like Jesse's meetings this uh, this uh, weekend, or Thursday and Friday. Uh, that's an outreach to Branson, an outreach to Springfield in the area, isn't it? And uh, so there's some things going on already, but we're going to have a vision Sunday around here before too long, and I'll share what I believe the Lord's saying to us about outreach. And uh, I get excited because I get to pray in and I get to seeing things in my heart. I want to go do it all tomorrow. <laughs> and that's not, you know, you not only need to know what, you need to know when. And you need to know with who. And where. And how. Are you with me? I mean, there's a whole message right there. If you go, well, yeah, I got direction to what I'm supposed to do. And then you're just going to fill in all the blanks. No, no, hold on now. Sit back down. <laughs> Let's find out when we're supposed to implement this thing and with whom and where and how the Lord wants. Right. There's a lot of other things you need in direction besides just what to do. And so uh, the Lord's blessing us. We're making good progress. Don't you believe? And uh, we don't, we don't want to get uh, you know, ahead of where we're supposed to be. And we don't want to get behind either. We want to be just right. Well, we've been teaching in these Sunday mornings. On the honor of God. Anybody remember that? The honor of God. And we talked quite a bit about how to honor God. How to honor each other. And also then begin to talk about Him honoring us. Because He said, them that honor me, I will honor. It's a fact. It's a law. And so there are many, many other things we could go into talking about that. But I felt impressed this morning that we should begin on a different series. And uh, it goes right along with that. And, of course, you know, if we're following the Lord, then He's building one thing upon another. And uh, when we first began as a church, for the first, oh, four or five months, it seemed like the Lord spoke to me some specific direction for the church, major. And you you never want to get away from the main things the Lord said to you. One thing he said, he said, uh, sanctify and dedicate this place to me, this facility. That means nothing happened. This is his place. Everything that happens here is what he wants to happen, 
Nothing happens here he doesn't want to happen. How many believe this is a holy place? I mean, this, in one sense, this is not the temple of God. We are the living temple of God. But it's a place that we meet. And, and it's a place the temple of God gathers. And it's His place. Amen? And so we don't want anything going on here or happening here in any shape, form, or fashion that is not of Him, that doesn't please Him, that's not good in His eyes. Amen? And when we first got started, we had a lot of opportunities. Offers of people bringing different shows and different things in, and they felt like, well, we needed the money, and and but we we didn't we didn't uh, let anything else happen except the specific services that the Lord said. And after two months, the place was carrying itself. Amen. 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 And we haven't needed any outside help. We're believing that God's our source. Amen. And He gives us enough to require no outside aid or support. Like the scripture said, we don't have any denomination underwriting us. Thank God for that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, don't have any two or three rich people underwriting us. We got one really rich daddy. Amen. <laughs> and we're giving him all the glory and all the credit. Well, the Lord also said to me, he said, this will be a place of renewing and refreshing. And he talked especially to me about the Friday nights. And he said he would bring people in here, uh, ministers in, as well as up. Now, when he said ministers, he, he qualified to me. He's not just talking about only people that stand behind a pulpit and preach. There are lots of different kinds of ministries and ministers and people in a lot of different kind of ministries. He said, I'm going to bring numbers of them through there on Friday nights. And I'm going to refresh them and renew them. So believe with me for that. Amen? That it just gets stronger. We have a lot of people, even from other groups and other churches and other denominations. Some of them slip in incognito in the back. And that's great. That's wonderful. We're glad that they're here. They honor us by coming. Amen? That they believe in God and believe in us enough to come. We want them to be fed. Everybody needs to be fed. And sometimes people are weary in their, you know, in ministry for different reasons. They need to come in, be renewed, be refreshed, be reinvigorated, and go back out with strength. Amen? So believe for that with me. In fact, let's just stop and pray a prayer of agreement right now about this. Let me lead you. Everybody said out loud, Father God, thank you for giving us this church. This is your church. Thank you. This is a place. And will be a place of great refreshing and renewing and strength. Everybody, every minister, and every believer, and every person that you would, that should come here to get renewed, draw them here. Cause them to find out about it. Enable them to get here and refresh them and renew them, strengthen them, bless them here and send them out of here with a renewed fervor and strength to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now all of us have a part of that. 
And when these guys come in, uh, I've, like these reports we keep hearing all the time, and it is music to my ears. It makes me smile. It makes me so happy when somebody tells me, I was over at your church, and somebody met me in the bathroom and gave me $100. Somebody met me out in the parking lot and gave me 250 Somebody met me, I didn't even know them, and they took me and my family to, to eat and paid for the whole thing. Somebody, somebody in your church grabbed me and said, let's go to the outlet mall. <laughs> and bought me, and bought me a new dress, bought me some new clothes. I love to hear those things. Amen? Because Amen? that means you're being a doer of the word. And you got time for somebody beside yourself. Amen. Amen? That's, that's, that's what real Christianity is all about. And we are going to excel at this. Amen. Aren't we? Faith Life Church excels at this. We excel in godly, divine hospitality. That's another reason why you need to be rich. Rich, rich, rich. You need a big house with a bunch of rooms. I'm not joking. So you can take people home with you and feed them a lot of money. Amen. Take them out and buy them some new clothes for the meeting. Feed them real good. You need two or three new cars. Big cars. You can loan some to your friends. Amen. Loan some to a stranger. Load up and take them to, to church in air-conditioned comfort. I'm not joking. I'm smiling, but I'm not joking. Amen. Everybody say, that's me. That's me. See, you, you have to have something to bless people with, right? You can't give what you don't have. You can't use what you don't have. Now, the Lord uh, told me thirdly, he said, announce testimonies regularly and give me the glory. Give me all the glory and give the devil none. So we don't tell what the devil did. The devil could pull pull a big, ugly stunt. We won't even tell it. We give him no free advertising, none. But somebody get a new pocket knife. We're liable to tell that. You've seen it. I mean, we said testify. Somebody got $5. Somebody got a new pocket knife. And we'll give God the glory. Small, big, in between. So we're going to keep on doing that. Now here's what I want to get to. The Lord spoke to me fourthly. He said, train the family to take care of each other and to do the work of the ministry. That's a charge we have from the Lord. Teach and train the family to take care of each other and to do the work of the ministry. Now, there, there's uh, under underneath that, he said, teach uh, the people how to love each other. And he said, secondly, teach the people how to live by faith. And then he said, thirdly, teach the people how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so that's a job that we have assigned to us. I have assigned to find out about it myself. And we have learned a few, a few things about this the last few years. And to teach you accurately and lead you and demonstrate properly. And you have the job to hear and learn and do. Amen? Amen. Now I'll just warn you ahead of time, this is not just a spectator church. Amen. This is not just an entertainment church. We're doers. Amen. I said we're doers. Amen. Amen. This is like the locker room at the football game. I'm like the coach. I draw the play on the board. And I stir you up. And then church is over and the door is open and you run out and do it. Amen. Amen. That was a little weak. (laughs) But anyway, that is the way it is. 
So I'm, we, we, if you've been here on Friday nights, we've been, I've been working on one part of that, haven't I? Teach and train the family about how to live by faith. We're working on that. You hadn't been here, you've been missing out. Tapes are available. If you, if you missed them, get them. I'm not trying to sell tapes. I'm trying to, you know, for you not to miss out, even though you might, maybe you did miss. Sometimes people do other things come up and it's necessary to miss a service. But if you just miss, 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 your priorities are not right. Did you hear me? And, and, and you don't think this is your church? That's fine. There's a lot of wonderful churches around. But get in one. Stick. Be faithful. Do the job. Amen. If we're not it, find out who is. But don't just bounce around and do nothing. And when you, when you find where you're supposed to be, be faithful. Be there. Don't let something else, uh, you know, be more important to you. and Be bigger priority to you than what God is saying to you. You know, one, one statement in the middle of a service could change your whole life. I'm talking about from the Lord. One thing. So anyway, we've been, we've been working on that part on Friday nights. If you haven't been here, come get in on it. We're talking about how to live by faith, the spirit of faith. But I'm going to begin this morning to, on this first part, he said, how to walk in and live in, operate in the love of God. We're going to start talking about the love of God, how to live in the love of God, what the love of God is, how to operate in the love of God, because the Lord told me to do this. This is an assignment. I take these assignments very seriously. I don't just, you know, sit in my chair and make up stuff off the top of my head. I get in prayer about it, and sometimes all night long, half a night, or an hour or two, whatever, and get quiet and hear from Him. Amen. Amen. That's why we're in Branson. We heard from Him. And we're here. And then He, why why come to Branson? Just party? (laughs) We didn't come to retire either. Somebody said, well, I did. I'm already retired. Not from working for God, you're not. Nobody retires from working for God. You retire when you die and slip out of your body or the trumpet sounds. That's it. Till then you should be working for the Lord in some capacity. Everybody. So I take these assignments seriously. We're we're working on the other one, how to live by faith. We're going to begin today on how to walk in the love of God. And he said, teach, train the people how to love and take care of each other. And how to do the work of the ministry. So turn with me to John 13. Maybe you've already have it. We've talked about it. But let's begin to get into this. And I want us to pray and believe God with me. Please. Believe God with me. For the utterance. For the anointing. For the impartation of the Spirit. For the revelation. We know a few things about the love of God. But love is as big as God Himself. God is love. How much more could we learn about love? How much more could we learn about God? So believe with me. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for this time that we have together with you, with your word, with your spirit, with each other. And we as a church are asking you. All right, let's do it that way. Say it with me. Out loud, everybody ask. Said out loud, Lord, we're asking you you. for revelation revelation. 
in the true love of God. The real love that you are and that you give. Teach us and train us and develop us in this divine love. In Jesus' name we ask. We purpose by your grace to be doers and not hearers only. Amen. Praise God. John 13. In John the 13th chapter and the 34th and 35th verses, John 13, 34, we have the New Testament commandment. The commandment. In this commandment, all the Ten Commandments are fulfilled. In this commandment, all of the statutes and ordinances of the Levitical uh, priesthood of the law are fulfilled. Romans talks about it. He that loves another has fulfilled the law. First John talks about it. What is the New Testament commandment, the most important thing for you and I to be thinking about being a doer of and practicing every day of our life from the lips of the Master Himself? Here it is, verse 34. Jesus said, A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. What great words. I said, what great words. Do you take them seriously? I mean, this is the New Testament commandment from the lips of the Master Himself. He said, this is how... The whole world will know you're my disciples. Not because you have a denominational name attached to you. Not because you have fish stickers on your car. Not because you quote scriptures. Not because you're preachy. In fact, a lot of Christians are too preachy. Some people have been surprised... Uh, with myself, but the Lord's taught me over the years, when you see me, I'm a teaching and preaching. But if you're with me privately, you'd find it's different. I'm not always trying to preach to people, especially people I don't know. Now, if the Lord leads me and they're open, sure, I'm ready. But didn't the Scripture say that we're not to cast our pearls before swine? We're not to give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? Don't give precious, and Jesus is talking about spiritual things. Don't give precious spiritual things to people who have no appreciation for them, who don't want to hear them. Many have thought incorrectly that part of being witness and part of being bold is just trying to push Jesus off on everybody they meet. And that actually can turn people off of Jesus. It can harden them from receiving when they should. Especially your relatives. A lot of times your relatives, even though they need it and even though you're right, they don't want to hear it from you. You're not the one that God can use. 
But there is somebody that he can. And you got to have enough sense. You sure you need to be bold and be confident to be a witness when it's right and share Jesus when it's right. But you need to know when it's not right. You need to know when you're not the one, you're not graced to do it, they don't have ears to hear it through you, you're not the one God can use in this situation, be quiet. Talk about the weather. Don't be hyper-spiritual. Don't try to push Jesus off on somebody that don't want to hear about it. Is there a time to speak and a time to be silent? Right? Somebody needed that real bad. (laughs) Say it out loud. Sometimes you need to be quiet. Have you ever learned that? Do you know what time that is? That should happen just frequently. You're going along and you realize, now's the time I should be quiet. (laughs) When's the last time you realized that? (laughs) For some folk, that's way too long. There are, t- there are frequent times. In fact, what did James say? Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath or get mad. A lot of folk practice that in reverse. <laughs> they are quick to fly off the handle, quick to talk, and slow to hear. No, let's practice it the way he said Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to be angry. What causes people to know that we are the real deal? We are true Christians. We have really been born again. We are really children of God. We are really His disciples and followers. According to Jesus, what causes people to see that? Our loving each other as He has loved us. Not our talking in tongues. Did you hear me? Not our quoting verses. Not our broadcasting our uh, church attendance. Not our, our cake baking. Our pie cooking. Our chicken sale. I mean what I'm talking about. Not, not even our good deeds. Just in and of themselves. What, what, um, now good deeds can be an expression of love. We're going to talk about that. But if it's just a good deed to be religious. To show how religious you are. What the Bible say. You could give everything you've got. Even give your body to be burned. And if it's not done in real love. What does it profit? Well this is serious business then. It all comes back to the real divine love. Motivating. So tell me again. By what shall all men know we are real Christians? By us loving each other the way He has loved us. Well, the, the, the Lord this morning was dealing with me about this. And He's, uh, I don't mean I heard a voice, but I just knew in my spirit. He dealt with me. Before you can operate, you have to know how I have loved you. You see the word as there? I saw it stronger than I have before. Read it again, verse 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you. That you love one another. Who's one another? Hmm? Who's he talking to at this? I mean, I know he's talking to us today. But in the the original uh, utterance, who was he talking to? His disciples. And he's telling them to love who? Each other. 
The New Testament command is not to love the world. Though we are to love the world. The New Testament command is for us to love our fellow believers. To love our brothers and sisters. And can you see why the devil has worked so hard to cause strife between churches and between ministries? Because that ruins our witness. That is our witness. Loving each other is our witness. It's what causes other people to see and know that we're Christians. Well, if we fight and we split and we fight and we split and we hold grudges against each other and one denomination hates the other and one church is in fierce uh, negative competition with the other, where's our witness? Yeah, but we talk in tongues. Yeah, but we quote scriptures. Yeah, but we give to the poor. Jesus said, this is what's going to cause all men to know. You're my disciples, that you love each other. Everybody say, we're going to do this. I mean, this this is not the the new suggestion. (laughs) Right? Jesus didn't say, y'all try and do this. Do you bet? He didn't. No, this is the new commandment. That means do it. Do it. Jesus said, do it. There, there is no options about this. You do it or either you're in disobedience. Say it again, I'm doing it. We're doing this. Faith Life Church is doing this. Amen. Now you understand we're, we're beginning in something this morning. We're not going to finish all this this morning. We're starting on fulfilling an assignment. Amen. And we're going to grow. You're going to hear me talk about this. We're going to talk about this and talk about this and talk about this. And if you don't like hearing it, you're going to say, oh, man, love again. Yeah, love again, which is another way of saying God again. Because God is love. As you read your, your chapters, and of course, everybody in here reads their chapters. Right? We're a Bible reading church. We read our chapters. Uh, don't lift your hand, but if you hadn't been reading your chapters for some reason, <laughs> you just missed the mark. Uh, we're finishing up with the New Testament, having read it one time through in this next week. Isn't that right? Friday is Revelation 22. Isn't that right? And we finish. We, we will, as a church family, have read the New Testament through Entirely in one year. How many feel good about that? Do you? You know those Christians go their whole life and never read the New Testament through? And uh, so then the Monday after that, we're going to start again. We're going to start on Matthew 1. On not this Monday, tomorrow, but next Monday. We're going to start on Matthew 1. So if you hadn't been reading with us, here's your chance now. Get in on it. Do it. We read one chapter every day, Monday through Friday. We don't wait till Friday and read all five. We don't read all five on Monday and say, well, we're through. No, we read one chapter when we're sharp, when we're clear, not when, not the end of the day when we're tired and half asleep. And we don't speed read it. We don't scan it. We read it carefully out loud. Everybody say out loud. Out loud. 
read it out loud audibly. And it would bless me tremendously to know that you, your daddies, you sit down with your family and read it out loud. Someone said, we don't have time. You have time for what's important to you. Don't tell me you don't have time. I don't believe it. You have time for what's important to you. If you have to, go to bed earlier. Get up earlier. Change. I don't. Whatever you have to do, show your children how important the Word is. Not just by telling them it's important. Demonstrate it every day. And when you're reading the Word, nothing interrupts it. Nothing. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. You read it slowly, carefully. You pray just a minute before you read and say, Lord, thank you for your Word. Uh, Feed us with your Word. Feed our faith and enlighten us. And quicken us while we read this, and then you read it in faith. Amen. Let daddy read. Let mama read. And show honor to the word. Are you with me on this? Everybody. Now, if you're part of this church, you know, I don't ask you to do a bunch of stuff. I'm asking you to do this for your sake. Read your chapters Monday through Friday. Read a chapter every day. It works out just exactly, perfectly, numerically. In one year's time, you read the New Testament entirely through. One time. So he said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Thank you. The reason I was saying all that is as you're reading your chapters, practice this. Uh, Brother Kenneth and I talked about this on his program some months ago. Every time you, you, you see the word God, use the word love. And if you see the word love, use the word God. It'll open up your understanding of the whole thing. When you see God, uh, use the word love. For First John says, God is love. In reading your chapters, do that. Why don't you? It'll help you. Now, go with me to First John. First John. The, the Apostle John had a tremendous revelation of love. And God used him to bring this, these writings through the gospel account of John and 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And he, John's also the one we have reason to, to, to think enjoyed the closest fellowship of any of the other apostles or disciples. We see him at the Last Supper with his head on Jesus' chest. And we see him, well, they don't have to turn his mouth about that far, asking Jesus questions about who was going to betray. Enjoyed such a close fellowship, under, understood him. We see John standing at the, at the cross with the women and Jesus looking down off of the cross and said, John, this woman here is your mother. Talking about Mary. Mary, look here. This, this man, John, is your son. And the Bible said from that day, John took Jesus' mother to his house. Took care of her. Well, you only ask people closest to you about things like that. Right? And, and John, excuse me, who was so close to Jesus. And then after Jesus was raised from the dead, continued in his walk in Revelation. The thing that stood out to him and that he talked so much about was love. The love of God. Now right now, before we go any further, I want you to, to, to by faith, make an adjustment 
in your heart and mind. Because when we hear the word love, we have been fed a wrong mentality about the whole subject. You know, teenagers used to sing, uh, Hello, I love you. Won't you tell me your name? You can't love somebody you don't know. That's not love. That's lust. So much of what people call love today concerning men and women is infatuation. It's not divine love at all. In fact, I'll give you a little uh, forerunner of what we're going to get into later on. You hear people say, I love you. I need you. That's got nothing to do with loving them. Nothing to do with loving them. When you say, I love you, I need you, you just told us you love yourself. (laughs) You're saying, I love how you make me feel. I love what you do for me. I love how you affect me. Because I love me. (laughs) And so I love what you do for me. And And then when people quit doing it for them, when the thrill is gone, they don't love them anymore. So you got people falling in love and falling out of love, and it's got nothing to do with real love. Right. Nothing to do Amen. with the God kind of love. That's right. Hallelujah. And, and, and it's, so, it's even sickening, and it's pitiful uh, to hear young people talk, and, and youth and teenagers talk about love, and, and they don't have a clue. Well, if, if, if you love me, you'll, you'll go to bed with me. And, and, and the thing is, we've got, we got so many folk that are ignorant enough to go along with that. We want to find out what real love is. Amen? Because we are commanded to practice it. And it is not what the world calls, the, you know, I love uh, my car, I love baseball, I love pizza, I love apple pie, and I love you too. <laughs> and I love God. You see what I'm talking about? We, we've take this word has been used for everything under the sun, and there's no, no uh, accident, the devil hates this word. He hates this concept. He hates God. He knows how powerful it is. You know the scripture says, there is no weapon. Effective against love. Love never fails. Cannot be conquered. There is nothing the devil can do with it. So what he's got to try to do is keep people confused about it and keep them out of it. Because if they get in it and do it, nothing he can do about it. It's too powerful. God is love. Love cannot be overcome. Love cannot be conquered. Love cannot fail. Are you excited about that? I am. I'm excited about this whole thing. Because I believe God's taken us to some really good places. Amen? How many not just playing Christian? You're serious about this. You're serious about being a child of God. You're serious about serving God. We're not playing church here at Faith Life either. We're serious about this deal. Amen. We're going to love God. We're going to love each other. And we're going to reach out and love other people too. Amen. But before 
we get to talking too much about reaching out. How do we love each other? Come back to the text. Well, I already had you move, didn't I? Hold your place in First John. I'm so full of this, I'm having to see which way to go. I'm trying to go three directions at one time. Back to your John 13. And go ahead and mark that because we're going to, you know, that's going to be our golden text. That is the New Testament command. John 13. How are we going to love each other? According to John 13, 34. How? As he said, here it is, that this is the new commandment that I give you, that you love one another, how? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. Well, what if you don't know how he loves you? Hmm? What if you're not even convinced he loves you? Now, let, let me go a step further. You know, one, one day, one of these scribes asked Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your hearts, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And you love your neighbor as yourself. You love your neighbor how? What if you don't love yourself? Your neighbor's in trouble. Hmm? So we're talking, we're starting in this today. We must have a revelation of how God loves us, how Jesus loved us and loves us, right? We must meditate upon this, and we must come to the place that we receive the love of God for ourselves. and when you see how much He loves you, it'll enlighten you to love you. When you see what He sees in you, and you see what He loves in you, you can love you too. How many believe in God with me on this now? I I can't show this to you. I can't show it to myself. No man can reveal truth to another man or woman. The Holy Ghost has to reach on the inside of you. He turns on the light. And you go, I see that. I see that. I see. Well, that didn't mean Brother Keith showed it to you. God showed it to you. Amen. Amen. I don't see it unless he showed it to me. There's a reason why I'm moving very carefully and very slowly. Are you with me so far? What is the New Testament command? Love each other. How? As he loves us. Are you in 1 John now? Did you still hold your place there? 1 John and 4. This is exciting. Thank you, Lord. What if this place was just full of love? I mean, what if love saturated the very atmosphere? What does that mean? It means it's full of God. Right? What if people pulled onto the parking lot and love just filled up their car? <laughs> and they thought, man... I never want to leave here. Why would that be? It wouldn't be because of you and I necessarily. We're part of it. But it's because God filled up the car. God is love. Does he want to do that? Yeah. Well, then what's what's hindering him? What's, What's preventing it? Well, wrong thinking. 
wrong believing. And I'll tell you the number one enemy of love. And it's not the devil. The number one enemy of love is selfishness. I said selfishness. Thank you for those two amens and that one hallelujah. <laughs> we got a long ways to go here, don't we? <laughs> See, people can kick this around so easy, can't they? You know, I love God and I love you. Amen. Now leave me alone. Let me do what I want to do. <laughs> no, real Christianity gets into your life. Messes with your schedule. Gets in your pocketbook. Did you hear me? Real Christianity affects you in every hour, every breath, every moment, every area. And the thing that is the most important to our Master is that we love each other. If that's the most important thing to Him, then let's camp on it. Let's dwell on it. Amen. Help me out. Say, Brother Keith, teach it. (laughs) All right, I will. Amen. I'm going to camp on it. I'm going to study on it. uh, I pulled up uh, almost 600 verses on it this morning to refresh myself. Well, if we just took one verse every Sunday, (laughs) that'd be a long time, wouldn't it? How many believe this is a big subject? Is this a primary thing and not a secondary? Primary thing in the Word. Could you talk about anything more important? Well, God, that's why we have a church. It's because God, God is love. Mm -mm, I wish I had two more hours today. Hmm. How am I going to get to all this, Lord? 1 John 4. Are you there? 1 John 4. Verse 7. Beloved, let us do what? Love each other. Everybody say love each other. For love is of God, not the devil. The devil has no love, can't give any love. Right? Never loved anybody? People who worship Him are stupid. It's a strong word. I use it advisedly. You worship the devil, you're stupid. Why? He will use you and then torture you for fun. You can serve Him faithfully all your life and He'll reward you by pain and anguish. But God's a good God. I said, God's a good God. You do even a little thing for Him, He will never forget it. Never. He'll reward you for it throughout eternity. You stick with Him, He will be there for you. You can count on it. He's a good God. Everybody say He's a good God. God is a good God. Oh, He's such a good God. He wants every one of us healthy and feeling good and full of joy full of power and all your bills paid and plenty of money and good place to live and good food to eat. Hey, he's a good God. That's what He wants for every one of us. Because He loves you. He loves you like nobody else you ever met loves you. He, and the thing is, He knows you. And still, 
<laughs> still loves you. And that's what you've got to believe. That's what you've got to accept by faith. Because, see, the devil is constantly coming and t- trying to tell you, well, no, they don't really love you. I mean, how could God love you like you are? And all the stuff you've done and all the mistakes you've made. And he's continuously the accuser of the brethren. Trying to get you to think about your past. Think about your mistakes. Why? Why? Because he doesn't want you convinced that God loves you and that everything's okay between you and God. He wants to keep you separated from God. Through guilt and shame and condemnation and all these things. Don't let it happen. Say it out loud. God loves me. He said love is of God. Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. How can we tell the people who know God? They walk in this love, don't they? They know this love for their self and they love other people with this love. You, you will love others with the love God has loved you with. You understand that? We're going to love each other how? As He has loved us. Well, you got to know that for yourself. Such as you have, that's what you give. Hmm? If all you know is rejection, is all you know is hate, that's all you can minister. But if you know love, you can minister love. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He that loves not, what? Doesn't know God. For God is love. You know, even some preachers are just mean. Christians, there's a lot of Christians just mean. I was talking to a preacher a while back. I mean, internationally known. Wasn't Brother Kenneth. (laughs) Wasn't Brother Jesse either. (laughs) You might not know him. And this fellow said to me, he said, you know, Brother Keith, he said, I was just mean. Talking about to his staff and to his family. He said, I didn't realize it. Because God had got a hold of him. And he was really making some changes in his life. He said, I was just mean. And, and I just told him I was glad that he, was, he saw some light. That he was changing. And sometimes people put on a good front. And, and, and they're just too sweet. Do you know what I mean by that? On, on the platform. The, out in the foyer. Just too sweet. What, what I mean by that? It ain't real. It's something they put on. Oh, hi, brother. How are you today? Oh, God love you. You And then turn around and mean, mean, go home, slap their wife and kick the dog. It would be fun if it wasn't a fact. I'm not talking about that. I actually despise that. Hmm? I'd rather you cuss me to my face than put on that false junk. Did you hear me? I I despise hypocrisy and lying and deception. That's the very language of the devil. You must say, well, then I'm just going to act mean. No, no, get saved. (laughs) Get full of the love of God. (laughs) And act like your father. Amen. Amen. Let love rule your heart and your mind. 
Let love rule your words. Let love rule your actions and your reactions. Amen. That's what makes a, a good man, a good woman, woman of God, man of God. The real love of God. If you know God, you know this love. And you let this love come through you to other people. In verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. That's how God showed us He loved us. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to the propitiation for our, to be the propitiation for our sins. Now here you begin to see the nature of this great love. It's got nothing to do with selfishness. It's the opposite of selfishness, and it's got nothing to do with what you do for me. God didn't send His Son for us because we were blessing Him so much. Right? Romans 5 said, He loved us while we were yet sinners, while we were still His enemies. We weren't blessing Him. He wasn't having any warm fuzzies over us. When He paid the price for us, He did it in spite of how we were treating Him and ignoring Him and acting, even blaspheming and railing against Him. In spite of all that, He paid the price for us because He loved us. When you love somebody with the divine love of God, it's got nothing to do with what they do for you. You'll bless them even though they talk bad about you. Hmm? They'll curse you and you'll bless them. They'll backbite you and you'll talk good about them. Did you hear me? I'm I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit on all these things, but that's all right. We'll come back and we'll talk. Here's something we are not going to do in this church. We're not going to talk bad about other people. That's easier said than done. But we're not. We're not going to talk bad about other churches. We're not going to talk bad about other ministers. Thank you, Lord. Or even if they mess up, even if they blow it, we're not going to talk bad about them. Right. We're not going to talk bad about each other. Right. We're not going to do it. And here's how you stop it. If somebody in the church comes to me and starts talking bad about somebody, I'm going to change the subject. Amen. I'm not going to participate. That's what you must do. Right? If somebody comes to you and wants to start gossiping and talking bad about somebody, you just have to say, what? No, no. Let's talk about something else. Hmm? No, don't participate. Don't feed it. Starve it and it'll die. Starve it and it'll go away. Are y'all okay? I know it's close to 12. And I'm, I'm thinking about closing. We took a little extra time today in the, in the front. But uh, let's make sure we finish up right. You know, you have to watch about what you're rushing away from and what you're rushing to. You know, rushing away from the word to eat. <laughs> well, you're going to get to eat today. How many believe you're going to get to eat sometime today? So you're not scared that you might starve, right? I'm not. Besides that, it wouldn't hurt me to miss a meal. I mean. (laughs) No, let's finish up like we ought to. 
He said, verse 10, herein is love, not that we loved God, but that what? He He loved us, and he proved it by sending his son to pay the price for our sins. Beloved, verse 11, if God so loved us, what's next? We ought also to love each other. How? Just like he loved us. With the love he loves us with. We love each other. And he goes on to say, verse 12, No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God lives, dwells in us. And his love is perfected in us. Does that sound good to you? God lives in me. He walks in me. How do we know it? We see the love. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he's given us of his spirit. Now skip down to verse 16. And we have known and what? Look at that next phrase. Here's the thing. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. Here's the beginning of us keeping the commandment Jesus gave us to love each other. How do we love each other? As He loved us. You've got to believe that love. And let me add another word. You have to receive that love from God for you. How do we know that you've done that? You'll come to love yourself. If you don't love you, you've not received God's love for you. Because when you receive God's love for yourself, you see you through His eyes. Why would He love me? What does He love about me? And here's next week's message, probably, (laughs) to introduce it. Why why does He love you so much? Because we've accepted Jesus. And he loves Jesus so much. And we're in Jesus. <laughs> we're accepted in the beloved. Which means he loves us exactly like he loves Jesus. Because loving us is loving Jesus. Oh man. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. And when you see you In Jesus, you realize, I'm accepted in the Beloved. God, When God looks at me and He goes, I love Mo. I love Rick. I love the fries. I I love, why? I love, He's looking at Mo and He said, Oh, I love, I love Mo. He sees Jesus. He sees somebody that never sinned, somebody that never made a mistake, that never one day failed to completely obey Him and please Him. He sees Jesus. Because we're in, in Christ. He's in us. Now when you see that, you'll see Jesus in you. It'll make you love you. And you can take that love and love somebody else with Can you say amen? Amen. Let me read it again in closing. He said, we have known, verse 16, we have known 
and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. Oh, I should have kept reading. I should have read the next verse. I should have read the next verse. Because it just says what I just said. He said, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because as He is, so are we in this world. What is He? Love. What are we? Love. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet, please. Oh, glory to God. I sense the love of God in this place. Do you? I sense the love of God. Oh, lift up your hands and close your eyes. Tell the Lord you love Him. Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you. Thank you. Say it out loud. Lord, I believe the love you have for me. And Lord, I receive the love you have for me. That love is shed abroad inside me, in my heart, by the Holy Spirit you've given me. Now lift up your hands and thank Him. Thank Him, Lord. I believe that love. I receive that love. You love me. And I love me in Jesus. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise you. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Wait in His presence just one moment while you're seated. If you'd close your eyes. Father, I pray for every person here this morning that has not received your love in being born again. Any person, any man, any woman, any young person in this place that's never been born again, open the eyes of their heart and understanding. Deal with their heart powerfully. Help them to see their lost condition. Help them to see they are not okay as they are. Help them to see nothing. Draw them to you, I ask right now in Jesus' name. I pray also for every person who has been born again, but for whatever reasons have left you and went out into an ungodly lifestyle, been running with people they ought not be running with, doing things that they were previously delivered out of. I don't mean they made a mistake and repented. They've just gone back into a lifestyle of ungodliness and sin. Help them to see how far off they've gotten, how cold and backslidden and out of fellowship they really are. Help them to see they're not ready to meet you. And draw them back to yourself this morning. Help them to see you love them still. You'll forgive them. You'll cleanse them. If they just come home, come back to you, it'd be better than it ever was. But they must come back. Draw them, I ask in Jesus' name right now. With eyes closed, nobody looking around. Friend, if I'm praying for you and God's dealing with you 
And you see and know in His presence that you are not okay, that you need to give your heart and life to the Lord. Would you lift up your hand and say, pray for me, Brother Keith. I need to make a move. I need to give my life to the Lord. He's dealing with me. If that's you, lift up your hand and say, pray for me, Brother Keith. I need to, I need to come to Him. Or I need to come back to Him. Thank you, Lord. You say, yeah, Brother Keith, I I need to confess Him as Lord. I need to be born again. Or I need to come back home, come back to Him this morning. If that's you, lift up your hand. We'll pray for you. God will hear. You can leave this place knowing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't see any hands. Would you stand up, everybody? Everybody stand. And let's all confess Jesus. In case there's somebody here that's just... For some reason, didn't lift their hand, but should have. Said out loud, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your Son, Jesus, that He died on the cross, paid all the price for my sins, every failure, every mistake I've ever made. He paid for it. I believe... You've raised him from the dead. He's alive right now. And I confess, Jesus is Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord, my Savior, my Redeemer. Thank you for cleansing me and loving me and making me accepted in the Beloved. In God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you. Ain't you, ain't you glad you saved? <laughs> Glory to God. That's poor English, but I'm still glad. Oh, hallelujah.